Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news tonight which refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 9th. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast starts us all out. This absolutely fantastic, freedom-loving, faith-filled, fantastic Friday. We had our guest on, Mr. Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com. And over the past 50 years, the Rust family has been helping people understand precious metals to learn more, to get a hold of your metals. One of the best recommendations Brian has is take possession of your purchase, please. When it's all paper, it means nothing. RustQuinnandGift.com. Honest Money Report, gold was at $1,750. It's down a little bit. Silver, $25.52, but a silver eagle silver dollar still costs 37 bucks. Imagine that. We talked about Uncle Sam moves to control cryptocurrencies. A federal court, believe it or not, authorized the IRS to gather information about cryptocurrency users who may be violating tax laws. The Justice Department announced... And a Massachusetts federal court uh, authorized the IRS to use what's called a John Doe summons clause to go ahead and force companies to turn over information about cryptocurrency users. You buy, you sell, you spend, you whatever. Well, hey, are you violating the law? Are you not paying your taxes? Do you have a lot of cash in Bitcoin or other cryptos? The IRS is asking taxpayers on the 2020 tax filing forms as well whether you received, sold, sent, exchanged cryptocurrencies. Yeah, they sent it to over 10,000 people that are involved in cryptocurrencies who have failed to file the details of their income. The IRS is getting serious as the government takes over crypto. I warned you not to dip your toe in the crypto, ladies and gentlemen. But folks aren't listening to me, but there you go. That was our one Liberty Roundtable Live. We had Kirk Crosby on with me yesterday, too. It was Lowell Nelson's. I'm sorry. It was uh, Brian Russ, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby. And second hour, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby. We talked about Ivy League organizations. Yeah, they're literally going so far to end racism uh, by promoting rape, racism. Yeah, Ivy League institutions are now going so far to use racism to end racism. Take the prestigious Columbia University, for instance. The school recently announced they will be holding six separate graduation ceremonies based on the ethnicities, race, gender ID, or gender identity, social economic status, and a whole lot more. It's crazy town, folks. They even have a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, um, <laughs> whatever you call the thing, transgender graduation, I guess it is. It's, it's insane, folks. I don't know what's going on, but that's what they're doing. Now, believe it or not, it's not just Columbia. 
Harvard, Stanford, Arizona State University, UC Berkeley, others all having separate graduation ceremonies. What do you call these things? Segregated ceremonies? Yeah, Harvard even has one for illegal aliens. So you got the transgender one, the illegal alien one, the black one, the Asian one. I mean, it's just insanity, folks. But grassroots rebellion grows with new calls to ban critical race theory from the military and from public schools, writes the Epic Times. I'm glad there's pushback. So there's a kid. His mom's black. His dad's white. They called him a white kid because he looked white. They forced him to claim he was a racist in the government schools. The mom's suing now. Barack Obama, mom, white, dad, black. He's black because he looks black. Is it based on your looks, based on your DNA, based on your ethnicity? The debate rages on. Critical race theory, ladies and gentlemen, CRT, that views all white people as racist oppressors and all people of color who are the oppressed, thus incapable of being racist. That's the narrative for the critical race theory. Kurt Crosby brought up a 2008 film called Australia, And in that film, they had a term called the creamy people. That's mixed-race children. Ah, sounds racist. Sounds offensive to me. You know what? It sounds just disastrous. Why don't we just act like God's children? Why don't we realize we're all part of the human race? God loves us all. He made us different. We respect that. We understand that. We believe we should celebrate our heritage. doesn't matter what race you are. Whatever heritage you have, learn about it, celebrate it, share it with others. We can all learn about it. Very unique, very interesting. And can't we just enjoy the differences in us all? But treat us all, treat each other like we're God's children, brothers and sisters of the grand human race who our Father is God Almighty. Yeah, our Savior is Jesus Christ. Why don't we just start there on the freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled Friday, huh? Odds are, by the way, increasing for Donald Trump to become U.S. Speaker of the House in 2022. They say voter turnout would go through the roof, writes Bob Unra. Crime surges as progressive policies gain ground. The elite 20, I'm sorry, the 2021 crime statistics are saying that the news is not good in almost every category. Urban crime and violence is increasing. That's a sad tale to tell, I'll tell you that right now. All right, that's a recap. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest. We're going to talk about religious liberty, and we're going to do it now. Chris Carlson, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, my friend. Yes, sir, Sam. Good to be back. We've got a lot to cover. Ah, there's today. so much to discuss. There's so much to discuss. So little time is kind of the starting point that <laughs> that I would have. And you and I were uh, just kind of stumbled across the conversation I want to have today as we were talking about religious liberty and how people are getting shut down in churches. And uh, sadly, you know, it seems like the churches have kind of, in some ways, some of them have kind of turned on their parishioners. It's like, hey, let's not meet. Uh, Let's not have church. Let's not provide leadership. Let's force masks. Let's force social distancing. Let's even possibly require a vaccination card to go to church at all. And uh, some of the things we're hearing from churches Uh, from our leaders, really are shocking to me. And I start out the conversation by going back to the Black Robe Regiment in our founding era. The founding fathers understood the importance of religious education, understanding who we are from a God 
historical perspective uh, that God created the earth, so a biblical perspective, if you will. God created male and female, put us on the earth, put us here to learn and to grow and to, you know, respect. And uh, really the measure of a character is how you treat others around you kind of a thing. Uh, anyway, I go on, except to say that, you know, that was kind of the fundamental understanding of the Founding Fathers when this nation was put together. And many of them came here seeking religious freedom, jettisoning King George and others who were oppressive. Uh, and it was all about saying, listen, we will support your right to believe and think and act and behave as you like. Of course, people were self-governed back then. De Tocqueville went through the country and came back, and his assessment was America's great. Why? Because the people are good. If the people cease to be good, America will cease to be great. Talking about the fundamental morality uh, of the people back then. You know what? They might have had different religions, different beliefs, different um, political ideologies, but in general, they were good. They lived by kind of the basis of the Ten Commandments. They accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior for the most part. They even respected those who didn't, by the way, for those naysayers. And they said, you know what? You can believe as you choose. However, we do believe this Judeo-Christian law uh, the Ten Commandments is kind of the fundamental basis for a self-governed society. We don't need a whole lot of rules. We don't need the 10,000 governmental commandments. Just a little bit of, of support from the Ten Commandments and guidance from God. And we need to acknowledge that God is over government. And let's not dip into the keys to theology, but let's start there. That was kind of the founder's view. Uh, let's start there with our own views. You know what? The churches have been alive and well and have played a critical role in America for the last couple hundred years, Chris. Yes, sir. And it's kind of been a long time coming, some of these trends that we're starting to see surface today, Sam. And uh, a little background about me and my family. Um, my family, most of my family, are members of evangelical faiths. And we've gone back and forth over those years about, you know, this point of doctrine and that. And they think I'm a little off track, and, you know, I have a little criticism for what they believe. But Chuck Baldwin, as we were talking about yesterday, is a keen observer of some of these trends all the way back to the, the late 70s when he was ordained a minister. I'm not sure exactly what uh, denomination he was affiliated with back then. But he wrote an article called The Mark of the Beast Runs Through the Church. And I'm just going to read the defining paragraph in that article. He says, as I have said repeatedly, I will say again, the entire COVID narrative, including mandatory masks, social distancing, forced lockdowns, and now vaccines and vaccine passports is a totalitarian tool of the spirit of the Antichrist as a launching pad for global enslavement. The entire COVID narrative mirrors to a T the warnings of John the Revelator regarding the identifying marks of the Antichrist. And please return to Sam, as you know, is chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. I've got that mark if you want me to read that. Maybe maybe we already know. But I, in parallel to what, we can read that later, but in parallel to what um, Ms. Chuck Baldwin says, I have a statement that's very similar to that, and when we get back to the break, we'll All right, cover let's that. hang tight. We'll do Chuck Baldwin's statement. We'll do your statement. By all means, have that chapter 13 of Revelations ready. We'll talk about it in detail, ladies and gentlemen. I have a slight difference of opinion, by the way, and all opinions are acceptable on Liberty Roundtable Live as long as we're polite. And, hey, let's be respectful, but let's dig in, shall we? Chris Carlson, my guest, Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Chuck Baldwin's incredible column, talking about, you know what, the mark of the beast runs through the church, and really it starts out incredibly talking about vaccinations. And he says, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. You know what, this vaccine scenario, this coronavirus whole scenario from top to bottom is a satanic lie, is the summary. Chris, let's start there. You are continuing? Yeah, so he's referring, and a lot of people um, in Christian denominations, Sam, as you know, are looking at the potential vaccine passport as the number of the beast. Now, they're going to do, the powers that be are going to do everything they can to make it look legit and to make it look unlike what is uh, referred to in Revelations chapter 13, verses 17. I'll go ahead and read that, Sam. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And then it goes on to say 666, and I don't know what significance that has. Uh, obviously, nobody's going to get a card that has 666 on it. That'll give it away. But I do agree with uh, Mr. Baldwin. I, I believe that if we ever do get to the point where in order to board a plane or to go in public buildings or hold down a job, Sam, I think we'll probably... Um, be required to have one of these cards that proves that we were vaccinated or you know, that we've complied with some of the other uh, protocols that they will impose upon us uh, to lead us into uh, a voluntary slave type of system. And I don't doubt that. But having read Chuck Baldwin's statement in his article, Mark of the Beast Runs to the Church, I would like to read to you, Sam, a statement that I made, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, if you'll recall, in an expose that I uh, wrote 
concerning the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, some of the consequences that we will suffer from it if we don't awaken to a sense of an awful situation. I wrote, Sam, and I'll read it word for word, I believe that it is important to thoroughly establish the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic is being used to fulfill the agenda of the cabal, the prophet, the prophet Ezra Tapp Benson warned us about. And that, this is a quote from a 1988 uh, October conference talk that he gave. Quote, a secret combination that seeks to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries, unquote. The international response to this invisible enemy is designed to accomplish one thing and one thing only, the enslavement of mankind under a satanic world government. Now, that pretty much parallels, Sam, um, what Chuck Baldwin said. And a lot of uh, Christians are waking up to that fact, don't you think, Sam? The realization that uh, My... this... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I just said there, so I thought I'd fill in. I was just going to say, my, my statement on this is a little different than Chuck's and yours. I know that it feels like it's the mark of the beast. I know that it feels like it's evil and it's just putting us into a totalitarian, <laughs> um, you know, tyrannical regime. I know that it feels like there's no end in sight. However, a slightly different view on this might be, um, you know, a little different. Um, I know what Revelation says. I've read it. And I know that the mark of the beast will eventually come. However, I imagine something ten times more sinister than this. Because there's a lot of people that won't wear masks. There's a lot of people that won't get vaccinated. Yeah, including yourself. I I wear masks on occasion, but very rarely. Um, I'll give you an example. I went into a store the other day, and I didn't wear a mask. And they had a Nazi at the door and said, hey, wear a mask you got to wear a mask to come in here. And I said, I know you realize it's not the law, right? A governor edict is not the law. He said, I realize that. However, this is a private company. We've chosen to mandate masks in our store, sir. And so I put on a mask, and I went through the store, did my business, and left as quick as possible. Now, it's debatable if they continue to force masks on us how long I'll be shopping at those stores. Uh, In other words, I'll be picking stores that don't require masks i'm okay with encouraging masks i'm against the requirements but to make a long story short though it's true on their private property if they choose as a private company to say you're going to wear a mask in my store they have that right as a private business owner to say that and so the problem what i'm trying to get at with this whole thing is there's still too many people uh, that are dissenters in this whether it be mask mandates whether it be vaccinations or whether we get to the mandate point <sighs> Or whether we get to, I don't know what you call it, but a man, uh, uh, some kind of a passport or whatever. There's still too much pushback. There's too many people in the nation that are going to oppose that. You got state governors now backing away and saying, "Wait, we've gone too far." You've got, and so I don't know that this is the quintessential uh, discussion point. Certainly, it's a precursor uh, to something bigger and something more definitive and more sinister. No doubt about it. I'm not saying that it's good, and I'm not defending the practice in any way. I guess I'm saying we need to be very careful with prophecy, not to jump to conclusions, just because it reads like it. Um, there's a lot of times where we think we've lost a lot of liberty, and we have, but we then jump to the conclusion that we have no liberty left, that we have no pushback, that the people have no say, that we've already lost the game. Hey, put away your marbles because the game's over. And I guess I'm just saying I don't go as far as to say that. I'm not putting away no, my No, nor do, nor do I, Sam. I mean, I've over. lost. 
No. The, yeah, so uh, it's not I over. Mean, we're, we're not in a tyrannical state, Chris. We're in a liberty state with some smatterings of tyrannical intentions happening now. But you know what? The federal government gets too out of control and Americans wake up enough and they could change the narrative tomorrow. Understand in six years you could replace your whole Senate and your whole House of Representatives three times. You could literally jettison most of your government legislative body. Uh, The American people haven't even begun to wake up and push back. But by our greater numbers, can we have success? So do I think that this is not a good sign? Of course. Do I think that the stopping of religious worship in America was a good thing? Absolutely not. I think it smacks of tyranny. But I think God is giving us a precursor warning saying, folks, you can wake up and do something about this. And whether I agree with the tenets of Chuck's column completely or not, the point that he's saying is we've got to wake up, and that was your point as well. I completely agree. Chris? Yeah, so just as a full disclosure here, I'm enjoying as much prosperity, as much freedom, as much liberty as I've ever enjoyed. Now, I see signs of that changing in their future, and for a lot of people it has changed, specifically for people who work for the government, who work for large corporations, who have a very oppressive mass policy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I'm not going to wait until it affects me in a dramatic way before I take action and start warning the people. So, and, and it could be a virulent strain, or rather a mutant strain, and they're already talking about strains coming from Europe, strains coming from Africa that are just a little different that are probably, well, who, who knows if, if they're biologically engineered or not. Whatever the case, they're going to use it as an excuse to reimpose trick lockdowns, and, and or this may, Tim, this may just be a, a trial run for them to do something more drastic in the future, or maybe they've got another virus. You know, Fauci's talking about, this, you know, that there may be another uh, completely different virus that is even worse than the one where, where it's presumably, obviously, you know, it's more made up than than real. So we don't know, but we need to condition people to respond in a way that promotes freedom rather than just complies with with tyrannical authority because the more accustomed we get to that, Sam, the easier it will be in the future to impose more restriction on those, whatever they may look like. So that's that's the, the fear is creating a paradigm shift in the minds of the American people that will allow the powers that be to continue to oppress us and to continue to acclimate us and to habituate us to more strict and um, oppressive measures. So that's my concern. I understand. I think the concern is justified for sure. So let me ask the quintessential question, and then we'll kind of dig into that right after the pause because the break's coming up here in a minute. But here's the question that I would have. I agree with you completely that, you know what, Fauci's planning for things much more worse. We know the history of out-of-control belligerent governments, and they've certainly uh, taken advantage of power grabs and never let go, and they continue to increase their lording over the people. There's no doubt about that, and those things are to be seriously, seriously watched, and we need to seriously push back against that. I agree. Uh, So here's the fundamental question. How do we awaken the people to the sense of their awful situation, which we're not debating exists, but how do we wake the people up to that without ourselves overreaching, meaning making the statement so bold, so definitive, so, um, hey, tyranny's coming. The mark of the beast is here. You're going to be completely shut down. Uh, you know. And then later when, hey, masks come off for the most part, 
people start going back to events and church and services and life changes slightly but primarily comes back to the way it was for the most part I mean, they're starting to even meet in stadiums now so i'm not fending the status quo but what i'm trying to get across is how do we make sure we do not overreach in other words make the statement so dire that when people don't see it happen they basically think we've been proven wrong and they jettison our advice and our opinions pitch us as wackos extremists all together so we don't even have a say or an influence in education anymore how do we prevent that while making the case Quick pause. Chris Carlson on your radio. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A day of mourning in the United Kingdom. Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has died at the age of 99. Daily Mail reporter covering the royals tells Fox News Prince Harry will surely be at the funeral. I would absolutely expect Prince Harry to be there. I mean, you know, given that the pandemic is still going on and restrictions in the UK are quite serious, we don't know exactly what that will look like, but I do think that he will move heaven and earth in order to make sure that he will be there, certainly for the funeral. And the important thing is that the royal family is able to come together, support one another, and collectively mourn the loss of their patriarch. The prince died Friday morning at Windsor Castle. President Biden's gun control measure is starting to take shape. This is an epidemic, for God's sake, and it has to stop. Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert suggested Thursday that President Biden is a tyrant after he argued the Second Amendment was not absolute. USA Radio News. Woke culture. It's choking America. Erasing our history. Threatening our freedoms, our laws, and even our police. Now, Grant Stinchfield exposes the secret woke agenda and the hidden players behind this very dangerous movement. Watch Stinchfield tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax TV as he reveals the real dangers to you and your family. Everyone is talking about Stinchfield because each night he gives you the cold, hard truth you need to know. Newsmax is now America's fastest-growing cable news channel on all major systems. If you don't get it, call your cable operator. Tell them you want Newsmax or you'll switch. Remember, you can get Newsmax free on Roku, YouTube, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, and smart TVs like Samsung, Sony, Vizio, or LG. It's even free on your smartphone. Just download the free Newsmax app and start watching. So find out about Woke and its dangerous plans for America on Grant Stinchfield tonight. Just tune into Newsmax TV. It's real news for real people. The seven-year conflict between Russia and Ukraine is front and center as peace talks break down. There's reports of a Russian military buildup along the 250-mile contact line. U.S. warships may sail into the Black Sea to show a support for Ukraine. John Clements from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. The Pentagon is said to be considering a deployment of U.S. Navy warships into the Black Sea as Russia continues its buildup of troops along Ukraine's eastern border. Washington would first have to get permission from Turkey 14 days in advance under a 1936 treaty because Ankara controls the Straits of the Black Sea. During the last Pentagon briefing, spokesman John Kirby left little doubt concerning the U.S. support for Ukraine. We pledge publicly to standing up and supporting uh, uh, the territorial integrity of Ukraine um, and calling on Russia to respect that territorial integrity. At least 27 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in the conflict this year. USA Radio News.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, so my guest, Chris Carlson, the quintessential question. So how do we state the case that, you know what? Chuck's right, they're building the foundation for a tyranny. Chuck's right, they want to move towards the mark of the beast and absolute ultimate control. Chuck's right, this is not good, and they're using the false pandemic lies to peddle their tyranny porn, if you will. People are loving it, lapping it up, having a good time. They don't realize the danger. There's no question about all that. But when we warn... When we uh, set the alarm bells off, when we educate towards the truth, how do we prevent an overreach? Where when life gets, for the most part, back to fairly normal on this trial balloon, if you will, uh, then they go, you know what, Sam and Chris, you guys said that it was the end of the world, and it's not, buddy. You guys have become naysayers and lost all your credibility. Um, Because I believe that these rounds, every time they move one of these rounds of of a crisis, they advance their agenda. There's no doubt about that. But if we're not careful, it reminds me of the doomsday economic scenarios people have pitched for. I've been in radio 25 plus years, and every year they pitch something like this. You know what? We're going to have an October surprise. The economic doom's around the corner. They're going to pull out the rug. We're going down. Well, you know what? It's going to happen. There's no doubt fiat currencies fail. Okay, so we're on the true side of history. But if we're not careful and we get ahead of ourselves, our credibility becomes, sadly, the order of the day and becomes a crisis because they look at it and go, you said it was the end of the world, Sam, and now I'm going to football games again, buddy. Come on. What do you – and so we need to be very careful. How do we prevent that, Chris? Okay, so this was a very delicate process, and when I compiled this expose and I sent a copy to you, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. You know, I realized that there's a very good chance, Sam, that I could come off as one of these conspiranoids or the, one of these conspiracy kooks. So what I did is I spoke to authority. Now, I mentioned President Ezra Tapp Hansen in um, October 1988 General Conference of, of the church that we belong to. He made this statement. It was very important that I start the document with this statement. He said that evil is more highly organized, more cleverly disguised, and more powerfully promoted than ever before. Then he goes on to talk about secret combinations seeking to overthrow our freedom. So immediately people who... Uh, believe that Ezra Tap Benson was what he claimed to be, which is a prophet, immediately they're going to have to buy into that statement. And I pay more uh, close attention of everything that just read there to the statement where he says, more cleverly disguised. Evil is more cleverly disguised. So people say, okay, so it's not going to be obvious. It's something I'm going to have to kind of look for. Maybe it's going to come into the back part. And then I go on. In my own words, I say, okay, Adolf Hitler under the Nazi, Nazi regime he did three things. He did a lot of bad things, but he did three distinct things that people identify as being evil. I said, he burned books, he invaded sovereign nations belligerently, and he, he killed people, you know, just based on their political orientation or ethnicity or whatever. And I go on to say, guess what? We don't burn books, but we censor websites for violating public standards. We invade sovereign nations, just like the other did, but we label it as uh, protecting the world from global terrorism. And we also uh, kill, uh, kill people. We just don't do it before they come out of their mother's wombs. So basically, we're doing the same thing that Adolf Hitler under the Nazi regime did, except because of these clever labels we now attach to them, we're the good guys, 
And we don't do evil like uh, those Nazis 75 years ago did. So I start off establishing the, the, the fact that some things are more cleverly disguised today, and people cannot dispute that. Well, they can, but hopefully with the way I worded, you know, they, they see the connection to uh, previous evils. So hopefully at that point they say, okay, well, I'm going to look more carefully for some of the subtleties that the powers that they are using to deceive me. And they go on, and then I go on to talk about the fact that um, the same people who are so concerned about us getting vaccines and staying in, 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 house, in the house so that we don't come in contact with this virus and social distancing, that, you know, they want us to be safe and not die. Yet these same people uh, callously uh, stand by and allow three, at least 330 million, not million, 330,000 innocent lives to be slaughtered in their mother's wombs. So I, I use that as a disconnect to show that these people, if they were really concerned about our health and our safety and our well-being, you know, why, on the one hand, do they allow 330,000 babies to die a year, and yet they're so concerned about us? So I, I try to establish the fact that there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here. And there's no doubt about that. Chuck Baldwin points out the same thing, and I completely agree. There is a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of uh, things that don't add up when you really dig into it. Chuck kind of points that out with some of the church leaders. He's saying, look, a five-year-old can realize these experimental vaccines aren't good. Why can't the church leaders understand this as well? And, you know, it's, it's the nature of people to be trusting. And too trusting, I might add. Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. Modern day folks like Scott Bradley and others are saying, hey, let's not trust, but let's verify before we believe anything these clowns say. I agree with the whole narrative. And I agree with the point that this is serious. I don't I don't want you to think that I'm laughing it off or thinking it's not a big deal. I just think we need to be very careful. Uh, we have a, a really a serious, um, this is the financial world term, but it might make sense for you. We have a fiduciary responsibility to really tell the truth. Okay, we can't be like the the uh, mainstream press people, the clowns that lie to everybody all the time and you know peddle fake news. We can't be those people, but we also can't take our side of the discussion and paint it so dire, so extreme, so direct, so definitive that there's no room for change. Um, I've mentioned before. You know, when 9-11 happened and some of these other crises we've uh, experienced where they've really taken away a lot of liberty under the guise of, of these uh, catastrophes, etc., or these, um, you know, horrific events and all that kind of stuff. You know what? People turned to God back in 9-11. A short period of time for the most part, maybe, but even people who would shock you turned to God and said, look, we need protection. We need to turn to God. They're not doing that this time. And so the problem becomes, you know what? Government is a society mirror of the people, a societal mirror of the people. And I look at it now, and even when exactly. governments are starting to take their hands off, uh, a lot of these companies are voluntarily saying you will wear masks. Airlines are saying you will show a vaccination card. And so a lot of this is happening in the private sector. And you're not going to have liberty when the people literally are voting uh, for tyranny by their actions. And so that's kind of the problem that yeah. I see is we're not being led into this by the nose with people who... Um, you know, are deceiving the people as much as the people are buying the lies. Yeah, they're being deceived, but they're embracing and emboldening the lies. When a company looks at me and says, you're right, there is no law. I don't care. You're still wearing a mask in my establishment. 
you know, I want to yeah. push back against people like that and say, you know what? You're right. You have the right to do what you want with your private property. But I have the right to encourage everybody I know never to go to your establishment again. And that's kind of where we're starting to end up is a continued divide in America. When I make that choice, though, another division happens. And if we're not very careful, we become the fulfillers of our own demise if we're not very, very careful, Chris. So that's why I give the warning, because when I pick up this microphone, I believe I have a serious responsibility to make sure that what I say is credible, what I do makes sense. I don't disagree with Chuck's quintessential point, which is, hey, guys, you're being deceived, and we expect the pastors to at least tell the truth. Hey, get out of the churches where the, where the leaders aren't telling the truth. The problem is that truth is very elusive in terms of how far to go, what it means, what people's hearts and minds really think. How many of these leaders truly believe that the pandemic is real or that it's a bigger threat than we think it is? How many people uh, of these leaders are getting guidance from God different from what you and I might see or believe? Uh, they may be genuine in their hearts, right? Um, and just because we disagree and we don't see how they could not know, if we're not careful, we heap unwarranted criticism on them, too, if we're not careful, right? Uh, your thoughts? Yes. Yes. And I would dare say, Sam, that you, you, you brought up a point that is very relevant to this discussion. And the fact is, I would dare say 95 to 98% of our leaders have really bought into this pandemic and really bought into this vaccine. So I don't fault them too much, except for the fact that, that if, if they're in tune with their conscience, if they're in tune with the God's Holy Spirit, they will come to the realization that something just doesn't add up here. And you, you talked about, you know, it's more businesses. It's more private industry that's imposing these restrictions on. And that's just more insidious than if government is trying to impose it upon us. Because Satan, the, the nature of the adversary is such that he would rather that we lead ourselves into slavery than that we be forced into slavery. And, and that gives them a greater thrill. Just like, I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of the party joke, where somebody's uh, at a party and they're kind of, they, they fall asleep on the couch, and you put a dollop of uh, shaving cream in their hand and then tickle their nose. Have you ever heard of that? And then when, and then when they go to itch their nose, because you're tickling their nose, they put the shaving cream on their face. We'll talk about that well, if we're not when we careful, come back in the break. If we're not careful over this, we're going to get egg on our face, all of us, and that's why we need to be very careful. i got a headline to kind of highlight my point a little bit further that might make some sense to you. Consider, as Liberty Roundtable Live continues on your favorite talk station. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. With news the networks refuse to use, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson on your radio. A discussion of all things liberty, if you will. His incredible article, More Cleverly Disguised. Chris C. Carlson. And he talks about secret combinations. You know what? They're deceiving the people. And they're working on rounds and rounds and rounds of taking away our liberties. We want to trade our liberty for security. But the founders warned we'll have neither if we're not very careful. So Christopher Carlson and Chuck Baldwin. Uh, Chuck Baldwin wrote an incredible column, The Mark of the Beast Runs Through the Church. And I'm backing away from their statements a little bit in the sense that I want us to be very, very careful. When we have a big microphone, when we have the ability to influence people and provide leadership, we must be very careful of how we wield that microphone or sort of truth, if you will. If we're not careful, we overstate the other side. Uh, if we're not careful, we read too much in it. I'm not about to be the guy to interpret the Bible and say, hey, Revelations uh, is coming true before your very eyes. This is the mark of the beast, because I don't know that. I'm not a prophet. What I do know is they're moving towards tyranny, and the warning is wise. The warning is real, and the warning matters. And we ought to take the warning and push back against tyrannical government. We ought to take the warning and prepare uh, individually and as families. There's no doubt about all that kind of stuff, because it's a coming. I don't know when or how in some of these cases, and I've learned early in the game 20-plus years ago not to destroy my credibility on the altar of the truth, but maybe the timing's wrong, right? And so there's a headline that I find really interesting, as I mentioned right before the break, Chris Carlson, that, you know what, corporations are doing this. You know what, the government's even backing off, and corporations are stepping up and going, no, we're going to do this. And many of the corporation leaders may be evil as well and be in bed with government on this. Who knows? But here's the headline that I find fascinating. What if I'm a religious leader, I lead a big church of millions, and I know that the mask uh, thing is a fraud, but I also know that fighting against the swamp in government oftentimes becomes futile. And so I don't want you to pick that battle. I don't want you to die on that hill because I know it's not the quintessential wind-up scene battle, and I know that it's not the end here. It looks bad, I get it, but at the same time, and so I advise you to just be kind of chill and to power through it and to do what they say and I kind of just pedal it soft because I don't want you to die on this hill and I don't want my comments to become so extreme that you prepare and then when it winds up to be a big whole lot of somewhat nothing 
that you think that I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Thousands of people have already died after taking the vaccines. That's true. Chuck Baldwin's right. But you know what? Millions have taken the vaccines and they're fine. So we can't die on that hill because even though the vaccines are a concern, a lot of people believe in them and a lot of people believe they're safe and effective. And you know what? For the most part, it's a relative discussion, but for the most part, they are safe and effective. So here's the headline to kind of highlight what I'm saying to you. When the American people willingly promote the giving up of their liberty, it's very hard to blame it on government or it's very hard to say it's tyrannical because most people are embracing it by their agency, by their choice. Here's the headline. Republicans versus woke corporations, a losing battle. Republicans versus woke corporations, a losing battle. A A woke corporation is a corporation that believes global warming is going to destroy us all, that believes climate change is so critical of a crisis that it's more important than (laughs) invaders from Russia or China or anything else. Okay, A a woke corporation is the one that says you're going to wear a mask, we're going to mandate vaccinations. Woke is the term that the liberals use to say, hey, our quintessential issues are being seriously promoted now. And so Republicans against woke corporations, a losing battle, kind of highlights where we may be in America. If Americans aren't educated enough to defend their freedom, religious or otherwise, why as a religious leader would I think that you would embrace me? If I speak out too boldly, you'll just jettison me as a nut. And then where will I be? So how much of this is maybe a greater focus or understanding about where we really are? Chris, is that a fair idea? It, it is. And I knew that when I, I wrote this document and distributed it to every member of my congregation here where I live, I knew that I was going out on a limb. I knew that there was a possibility that, that maybe the vaccines would be safe. Maybe they were actually telling the truth for, for once. And, and those who have perished as a result of taking the vaccines, I mean, it is minuscule. If you look at it statistically, it's like 0.001 out of percent. But it, the, the fact of the matter, the, the foundational principle here, as you pointed out, Sam, is agency. And in other denominations, we call it free will. It's simply the freedom to choose. Are we willing to sacrifice that in exchange for a promise of safety and health and well-being? I'm not, Sam. I may not take the vaccine. I may get the virus. Actually, I've already had it, so I can't get it again. But I may get another strain of the COVID virus, and I may die. But you know what? I'm willing to accept the consequences of my choices. And if I do that, I'm not going to blame anybody but myself. Now, I've calculated that I'm probably a lot safer by not getting the vaccine. And if you want to get it and you survive and you do just fine, that's great. I'm happy for you. I wish the best for everybody. But the more we get accustomed in our mind to submitting to authority that I believe is illegitimate, because the federal government and the state governments, for that matter, shouldn't even have authority in the area of health care. Don't you agree? Without a doubt. And And that's where we need to educate Americans enough to understand we're not going to have liberty if they're not educated enough to jealously self-guard it, right? Exactly. And once we concede the principles, it's all about principle. To me, this is more about principle than it is about personal health care. And that's why I wrote this. Because once we concede that principle in the area of health care, are we going to concede that principle in the area of um, personal lifestyle choices? Are we going to concede that principle in, in the area of religion? 
in every other aspect of, the, of our lives that the federal government or even the state or local government should have no power over. That's what concerns me. The paradigm shift in the mind of, of human beings that concerns me, Sam. So that's why I'm, I'm pushing against this, um, this, this whole thing that government should have uh, authority to, to make decisions in our behalf. Because if you'll remember, Satan, he not only wants us to make poor decisions, he doesn't mind what decision he makes as long as he's in the driver's seat. Because either a decision, good or bad, that we make that we concede to Satan gives him greater control. And if we give him the authority to make good decisions down the road, we've also, the corollary to that is we've, we also give him permission to make poor decisions on our behalf. So you understand that principle. Hopefully, hopefully that's the universal Christian principle. It's called uh, free will, or freedom to choose in other religions. And, and there's no doubt that if you make wrong choices, if you make wrong fundamental choices early, that'll affect your later choices down the road. They always say, hey, a child or a, a young adult, if you will, uh, that's between, say, 17 and 25, you know, in that time frame, they're going to make some of the most important decisions they'll ever make that'll affect decisions uh, down the road for a lifetime. I think that's true on an eternal exactly. scale as well. Uh, there's no doubt you've got to reject Satan's plan and stand for agency and choice. But in order to have agency and choice, you've got to have clear understanding of what the options and the consequences really are. And I'm afraid that that's really what is lacking in our society via the media and elsewhere. And I think we need to provide that. Hey, these are the consequences. This is what's happening. Here's where we're going. Here's what we recommend against. And here's why I agree with every bit of you and Chuck's points on that regard. I just think we need to be very careful that we don't overstate it and have people go, yeah, those guys are crazy. Yeah, those guys are, you know, I agree that we shouldn't wear masks, but, hey, they're going too far, you know. And, and so we need to be very careful about educating to this. And I think the most important piece of this that we've kind of left out is this. What happens when the people choose wrong? What happens when the people embrace tyranny and trade their security for, or their liberty for security and they wind up with neither? What happens to historical societies that do that? And the answer is it's not fun. But the faithful turn to their God, and he does care for them and look out for them and shepherd them through these kinds of ill-fated or ill-gotten scenarios, Chris. He does. And you become closer to God. You make mistakes. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. The most perfect human beings on this earth, nobody's perfect except one, have made those mistakes. And those indelibly imprint themselves on your consciousness so that you don't make them again, and you know why you don't make them again. It's not like I'm doing this because some government authority told me to do that. Other than that, I have no idea why I'm doing it. I would rather have experienced the consequences of poor actions so that in the future I know in my mind why I don't make that same mistake again. Uh, then you become an individual sovereign, or a sovereign individual, I guess would be the, the more correct way to put it, uh, because you look at God and all of his attributes, one of his most remarkable attributes, Sam, is sovereignty. I mean, he's in complete control of himself and the universe that he created. And if we're ever going to become happier than we are today, we're going to have to come closer and approach and hopefully someday achieve that level of sovereignty ourselves. And the only way we do it is through the ability to maintain freedom of choice. 
And if that's ever lost, if we ever voluntarily relinquish that because of the choices we make politically and, uh, you know, in terms of obeying illegitimate authority, then, then we sabotage our own personal potential progress. And that's not a good place to be. There's no doubt about that. My statement to end the program this hour is this. Jesus Christ is alive. He does love us. He is our Savior. He is aware of us and mindful of us, and he is going to come again. And I believe that all these experiences that we're uh, talking about and, and experiencing in life and in society now is to prepare the way for the Savior Jesus Christ to return. And he is certainly uh, trying his people and preparing his people, uh, like the Ten Virgins is the example I would give. He is preparing his people to welcome him and welcome his return. The question is, will we be among those who are the wise virgins? Are we the ones who will be prepared to meet our God? And as we go through this refiner's fire process to get there in preparation, are we taking the cues that God is giving us? Are we making the choices and decisions that will prepare us uh, as a people, as individuals, as married couples, as families, uh, fundamental unit of society families, based on male and female created them, and one man, one woman marriages? Are we preparing ourselves as individuals and families and followers of Christ to truly meet our King when he returns? And I think all things are pointing to that occurrence, and all things are in preparation for that eventuality to occur. And when it does, for me, personally it will be a glorious day and for me personally uh, all these preparedness uh, realities that we're facing uh, only refines my character and my desire to educate to encourage and to help a people be prepared you got 20 seconds final words yours chris and i'm willing to take my life liberty and sacred honor on that prospect sam that you ended with heavenly father loves us he loves us enough to allow us to go through trial and error, uh, make mistakes, and pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and say, hey, I learned through that experience. Nobody told me to do that but myself. I, now I know why I will not do that again in the future. And I All right, for Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson, it's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for being alongside with the ride, LivingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundtable.com. For Sam and Chris, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Is he there? Hey, on your radio, hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 9th of the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two with the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we promote the sacred cause of liberty every day, everywhere, all the time. We will never trade our liberty for security. We'll wind up with neither wa- wa- warned, I should say, sorry about the Freudian slip, warned the founding fathers. 
And I'm telling you right now, it's important that we, the people, stand for the sacred cause of liberty. Now, by the way, isn't it a freedom-loving fantastic? We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Faith-filled Friday? Fantastic. Hope you're gearing up for a weekend that promotes God, family, and country. Our guest, Dr. Scott Bradley. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, howdy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. We talked last hour with Chris Carlson uh, about Chuck Baldwin's column. Uh, basically, Chuck Baldwin saying, hey, you know what? The mark of the beast runs through the church. And he talks about uh, the coronavirus and how it's being used to literally promote tyranny. And eventually, the mark of the beast is what Chuck Baldwin is saying. Chris Carlton wrote a very similar column. His article is called More Cleverly Disguised. And it talks about secret combinations getting above the people and how they're using this pandemic to get us to trade our, our liberty for security. And we're going to wind up with neither and how dire it really is. And my point to summarize, and I want to get your take is why I'm giving you this summary, Dr. Bradley. My take All is right. that I agree that they're, they're literally working on a tyrannical agenda. There's no doubt about it. But every round, they take more liberty, and they promise us more security, and we wind up with neither. However, the summary of my point was that I get that it's bad. But I also get that, you know what, if we're not very careful, we overstate our position too. And we say tyranny, tyranny is right around the corner, and every time things somewhat go back to normal after a crisis then it makes us look foolish. We may be correct on the point, but wrong on our timing. We may be correct on the point, but you know what? The people are trading their security for their liberty. I'm sorry, their liberty for their security every day. And so on one hand, I agree with Chuck, and I agree with Chris that it's looking dire. It isn't good. And I'm not saying that it's fine, but imagine an idea where religious leaders and others are saying, look, people are trading their liberty every day. People are willingly giving up liberty, and it's harder to defend a people that doesn't jealously guard their liberty. And there's a headline that says Republicans versus woke corporations, they losing battle. Woke corporations are these ones that are promoting climate change or promoting the mat, whatever liberal agenda they want to push. You're woke, you're awake, if you will, if you uh, peddle their narrative is the liberal idea. But you know what? The Republicans are pushing back against it. The woke corporations are pushing back, and the Republicans are in a losing battle because at some point property rights meet up with uh, these mask mandates and everything else. And so you walk into a company today and they say, yeah, I know they're getting rid of the law or getting rid of the so-called law <laughs> uh, that requires mask work. Private corporation will do whatever we want. You wear a mask or you don't come in. Well, that's private companies doing what they want to do. And so they're trading their security for their liberty and they're winding up with neither. But if we overreach and state the issue is too dire, too extreme, then when things relatively go back to normal with the fundamental changes that the American people don't really remember how it used to be because we have short minds or short mind, attention spans on this issue, um, then they just look at us and go, yeah, you claimed the economy was falling, the sky was falling for the last 30 years, and you've now claimed the end of the world's coming with the cocoa virus, and, you, and none of those things have come true. And so the question that I asked Chris, and I'm going to ask you the same question, how do we articulate our points but yet not engage in extremism and overreach like their side has done forever. Uh, how do we preserve our credibility but educate properly? Doctor? Well, you, answer, you ask a good question, and um, a big part of the problem is that, that this is exactly the bad place it's going. 
And uh, there's a, a very, very highly organized, cleverly disguised and powerful promoted movement that is moving in that direction. These individuals have PhDs in, in um, you know, programs that, that help organizations and, and large groups of people get moved in the direction they want it. They're, they're very crafty in the way they, they uh, spin their, you know, dire and, and, and this, this advanced three steps, take one back, make it look like, oh, well, uh, nothing's really going to happen. And guys that, that get, I, I, you know, hyperventilated about this thing are, are, you know, cast in a way that it causes the, um, uh, well, it not to look quite as dire. And, uh, and of course, you know, the, you, you, you quote Ben Franklin's uh, well-known perspective, they who can give up an essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety is absolutely correct. Um, but, but I, I really do think the advance towards tyranny is, is steady and unremitting in the sense that we're still constantly moving in that direction. And I, I, I'll give you a couple of examples very quickly, and, and then uh, let's talk about maybe how we can be less hyperbolic in the way we present it, but keep people focused on, on actually what's happening. Now, uh, just w one example is um, something that I did back in, uh, it was uh, September 11th, 2010. On the radio program I did, I uh, did a three-hour monologue on what liberties we had lost in the nine years since uh, 2011, the, the uh, you know, the trade towers and everything like that. I pay attention to these things. I, you mean 2001. I to, so you did this in 2010, 2001. but the event is, was did, in 2009. Go ahead, sir. Right, right, right. Roger okay. That. All right. Um, so anyway, nine years transpired since the trade towers got bumped into, and uh, and I, like I say, I pay attention to these things, and I I thought I was pretty well, you know, first in that thing. But to prepare for a three-hour monologue. I really dug in and did some research and all of the things that had happened, you know, in, in the intervening nine years. And I was appalled, shocked, and chagrined at the, uh, it, it was freefall was what America was in, and I believe we're even worse now. But, uh, and I stated on the air, and without going through a three-hour monologue, that I was so appalled, shocked, and chagrined that I felt, and I said, this is very subjective, no way I can prove this, but in the last nine years, I felt we had lost what might have been possible to lose in 90 years under some other uh, circumstances that were less uh, frenzied by, by the establishment. And so, you know, we had a tenfold increase in the loss of our liberties. And, and you know, if you look at the, for example, just the Patriot Act alone, that eviscerated and completely destroyed. There, we don't have a Fourth Amendment anymore, okay? Uh, so uh, at any rate, those that happened, and it was it was a real eye opener to me, the inextricable advance that has happened. Okay, well another thing happened. I was speaking up in a Wyoming community. Uh, we had the whole community there, and I might have told you this story before, but there was uh, this was in 2009, and uh, there was an old feller sitting on the front row, and um, and when I got done, and, and I was telling the the challenges, the the difficulties, the, the issues of losing liberty and, and the foundational principles. And when I 
got that. And as I always do, I got any questions or comments you'd like to make. And this old fellow stood up and says, I'd like to make a comment. And I said, fine. And he turned around and faced the audience. He says, I'm the only American here that was born free. He says, I was born in 1911. He says, I'm 98 years old. He says, I'm the only American here that lived as a free man. You know, of course, he was born at a time before the Federal Reserve, before the 16th Amendment, before the 17th Amendment, before World War One, and all of the the crumbling of the victories of liberty that were built before. And he says, I have seen in the last 98 years this liberty's, I mean, this nation's liberty slip through their fingers. And then he pointed at me, he says, unless you listen to this young fellow up here, and I'm going, whoa, hey, thank you, want to come up here and, you know, <laughs> such a compliment, you know, but of course, perspectively-wise, our ages were quite different. But he said, unless you listen to this young fellow up here, your grandchildren, even your children, will not know what you have lost, because they never will have experienced them, just as you've never experienced the freedom that I knew in my life. And so I think that, that this march towards tyranny is happening. And I think that, by and large, most Americans have gone to sleep. Now, your question, I think, is off on a, 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 an angle that says, how do we keep people awakened to this without hyperventilating to the point that we sound like we're over-responding? We're over-preparing. Oh, my goodness, this guy is falling. Well, you know, there's clear back in the late 1700s, uh, the, an Irish mayor made a statement, but they, they attributed it to the wrong people in, in America. But, but somebody that did say it in America was uh, Andy Jackson and his farewell address. And he spoke of the necessity of, of eternal vigilance to maintain our liberty. And, and that's where we've got to be. We cannot continue to let things slip through our fingers, to continue to compromise with every diabolical thing that happens and say, well, it's just a little piece. Of it. It's kind of like virtue. You can lose virtue very, very, you know, incrementally. And and pretty soon virtue is gone. And I, I think I've told this story. And I'll tell it. Uh, it's a burlesque joke. But the dirty old man was sitting with the sweet young thing, and, and he says to her, well, I'll tell you the joke after you get back so you can don't miss the punchline in the music. <laughs> there you go. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. The good doctor's with us, Dr. Scott Bradley, and he's right. Eternal vigilance is the key to the exercise, and that's why we're on your radio six days a week. We only rest on the Sabbath when the good Lord tells us to. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley was about to tell you a joke. The dirty old man was sitting with a pretty young thing. It starts there, sir. Okay. Uh, with as much discretion as possible, this uh, um, individual says to her, would you spend the night with me for a million dollars? And she, knowing that he was not nearly that well healed, uh, you know, just kind of says, well, sure. And he says, well, how about $5? And she says, hey, what do you think I am? And he says, well, we've already established this. We're just haggling the price. And, and I think that's where we are in America today, is we're haggling the price of our liberty. And, and what happens is so many people are willing to discard that to the point that there will be a very, very, at this point, right now, even, in fact, I hope I'll get a second to, I've put out a, a plea um, I, in my uh, webinar last night. I put out a plea. I've got a, a, a little video on it. It's almost a half an hour long. It's just me jabbering away. But I'm truly concerned about the uh, the American way, and we're at a hinge point. We're going to lose it. And um, what I my plea is uh, to join together those who love our uh, our liberty, our families, our God, our country, everything. To, I, I ask that people join together in fasting and prayer on, on this Sunday. And it's, it's a well-established Americanist principle that all through history it has been used to good effect. And I think when we implore God on bended knee as a people that uh, God hears prayers, and I really do believe we're at a point, a hinge point in this land, where I cannot think of a single solitary thing in terms of our current uh, trajectory that is going to end up in a good place. And, uh, and, and, and I really think we need to refocus, uh, and, and God's got to be part of the formula or we're going to lose it. And so, anyway, I've got it posted on my website, um, uh, a little video under Scott Bradley's common sense. I know people say, where is this common sense? But at any rate, I think we, I, I, I'm employing, and if we can spread this far and wide, and uh, I talk about uh, fasting and prayer in the little video. I talk about how it was uh, a tradition in America and has been from the very beginning. 
I talk about how God does hear and answer prayers, and, and we're at a point in America today where we need to start connecting the dots back to our eternal source of all things. I mean, we, we as Americans have abandoned God. We have excommunicated God, if you will, the source of all knowledge from our education system. I mean, we have we have abandoned him in, in politics. We've abandoned him in entertainment. We've abandoned him in in many, about, about half of our country has zero religiosity. They don't even associate in a church. I mean, and, and there's so much that has been set aside, and I do not think it has a happy ending. And, and uh, sooner or later, there's got to be an awakening, or we will lose things. And so, so you know, maybe you're saying, oh, man, you're getting hyperventilating at this point. I think now is, is way past time to start. And, and so, again, I, it's a little video on freedomsrisingsun.com that uh, it's almost half an hour long. I think I didn't look exactly at the time, but, but I, I, I took some of the time in my webinar last night to implore people to join together, good people all across this land. Uh, I think there's power in prayer. I think that a, a nation's never more powerful than it's when it's on its knees in the right manner. So... Anyway, that's that was the thing that, that last night I spent a lot more time on than most people would have thought I could have or should have. But uh, I believe that's where we are. And and you say, oh, well, how do we do this without, you know, hyperventilating? How do we do this without uh, uh, sounding frantic all the time and everything? And you know what? We need a little endurance. We need a little spiritual calluses, if you will, on our knees to to say, you know what? I'm going to endure. I'm going to continue. I I know so many people that have lost their fervor for the passion of patriotism and religion and even preparing for hard times because they say, oh, it didn't happen last week or whenever. You know, they, they had in their mind a, a kind of a drop-dead time, and so they give up on everything. But, but I tell people, you know, you, 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 put, you do preparedness. You put away food storage. You, you know, you get out of debt. You, you put away a little for a rainy day, and, and you, you know, keep some concepts about what you need for clothing and food and everything like that anyway uh and they say well yeah yeah i've never needed it anymore i've thrown out some canned goods that went out of date or whatever so it's all a waste of time say well well, do you have life insurance do you have uh uh, health insurance why you're not you're not collapsing now right in your health you're you know you're you're not at death's door but but you do this as a preparedness kind of thing and people are into that mode but they're not into the mode of preparing for and retaining this great gift of liberty and, and the privilege of supporting our families, of worshiping our God, of taking upon us the name of Jesus Christ, and of lifting and blessing our fellow man. They, well, no, 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 it, it interfered with my ball game last night, or I don't know, maybe there wasn't a ball game on last night. But, uh, but the fact is, we, we've got to be eternally vigilant. And, and again, Dr. there may Bradley, be a better way to say it. reminds me of... What it reminds me of is you mentioned the Savior Jesus Christ. Is it reminds me really, in my answer to those who would you know when you when you say how do you don't how do you prevent the hyperventilation idea being too extreme, but yet continue the steady warning and the steady preparedness and providing solutions and a steady hand on this thing. Liberty is something that we must fight for every single day of our lives, and it's not an absolute you know switch where it's on or off. It's a sliding scale of how much liberty we have. 
And the more we turn to God, the more we obey his commandments, the more we live our lives as self-governing, God-fearing individuals, the more liberty we'll have. And the more we turn away from that, the more tyranny we'll have. And you and I have our agency in the middle to make sure we decide what we're going to gravitate towards, who will be our king, who will be our God, who will be our liberator or our captivator, depending on the choices we make. Um, but I look at the uh, virgins, the 10 virgins story, biblically, for real, real direct guidance on this. Let's start there, Doctor. Well, absolutely. And of course, I, and I, this might sound offensive to some. I believe the virgins are the members of the church. I mean, that's, that's how extreme. I think this isn't, uh, the Savior was not telling a story about people that, that just didn't give a hang all along. Okay. So These let me stop you there for a second before you go in on this, because this is important. It is the members of the church we're talking about. It is the followers of Christ we're talking about when it comes to the ten virgins. So uh, let's be a little bit more offensive, not intentionally, but look, those who are not <laughs> followers of Jesus Christ, we're not even talking about that group and them, that group embracing liberty or preparing for the Savior to come. So what group is that compared to the size of the church? How many members of the church are there that are serious? to be considered part of the ten virgins in the first place. So you take out everybody else, and now you say, okay, with this contingent left, we're seeking for those who will be the wise virgins. We're preparing a people for the Savior Jesus Christ to come. That's what this broadcast is about, Doctor. Well, indeed it is. And, and I do not want to say, oh, we're going to limit our uh, our um, proselyting, if you will, to liberty, <laughs> uh, to, to only people that are, you know, Christian and, and, you know, their belief system and everything. I would love to have everyone join us. I would love to have people of all faiths help us preserve the blessings of liberty. But if you look at that parable that the Savior gave, we are in a condition, I think he's speaking of a condition, where there are good people. These are people that, you know, these were the ones that were invited to the marriage ceremony, for crying out loud. You know, I, uh, how often do I get invited to my neighbor's marriage ceremony? No, you don't. Only your closest associates are going actually to the marriage ceremony. And so what we have is, is uh, a, a division that occurs, that some that have not been wise and some that wisely prepared. And some get left out. And I would like to have the, the group that, and, and this is just my milk of human kindness in my soul. I don't know what you'd call it, but I would love to see everyone that, that desires to be able to have their liberty. I would love to have them associating in the marriage with, with the, uh, with the uh, Savior. I mean, so, so anyway, the, I, I really do believe that even the very elect, those that have... Uh, you know, ostensibly, as I use the word, I mean, it's superficially, or I mean, it's probably deeper than that. Maybe they've professed uh, strongly for many years, and and yet for some reason, they've let it slip through their fingers. And and this thing with liberty is a similar thing. I believe liberty and God, and the the freedom of religion, it's all inextricably interwoven. I do not believe you can unravel it without losing something. And, and there's people that are willing, and, and many in the church, and many senior leaders in the church, seem to be so unwilling to look beyond maybe the the institution itself and their formulaic worship, and and they're throwing individual liberty and rights down the, the drain. It sounds like we got to take a break for some news, but this is all news. <laughs> 
Hard-hitting talk on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley. Let's be eternally vigilant, shall we? Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth II's husband and the longest-serving consort of any British monarch, has died at the age of 99. Philip spent 65 years supporting the Queen, retiring from public role in 2017, and for the most part, staying out of the view since. In his active years, he helped steer the island nation for environmental causes, science, and technology. President Biden plans to request $715 billion for his first Pentagon budget, a decrease from the Trump-era spending amount. The Pentagon-only budget does not include defense-related spending that goes to other agencies, primarily the Energy Department, which maintains the nation's nuclear weapons. Who knew Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana could sing? Born free, as free as the wind blows. Get the vaccine. I did. It works. On a personal note, I did get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine Thursday, and I feel fine. This is USA Radio News. With more people at home due to the pandemic, it's more important than ever to keep small lithium coin batteries away from children. On a mission to help keep families safe, Battery brand Duracell and the American Academy of Pediatrics have joined forces to power safely. Bobby Mendez, president of Duracell North America. Well, in Duracell, we're very proud of be teaming up with uh, the AAP in this shared mission of uh, keeping children safe. And at the heart of the effort is a campaign to raise awareness. Duracell has also come out with a bitter coating on their most popular lithium coin batteries. And what this does, it discourages uh, the child from swallowing swallowing the battery. So that's that's really the, the at the heart of the innovation. Duracell and the AAP urge all parents, caregivers, and pediatricians to learn more about lithium coin battery safety at Duracell.com or HealthyChildren.org. Some of last month's $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package will go to fight homelessness. Wendy King from the Pacific Northwest USA Radio News Bureau reports. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Marsha Fudge announced that nearly $5 billion from last month's COVID-19 relief package will go to states and local governments to battle homelessness. She said the funding was allocated to 651 various jurisdictions to provide housing and other services for those at risk. The $5 billion Home Investment Partnership Program was passed as part of the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. The funding can be used to develop affordable housing, assist tenants with rent, acquire shelters, and secure other services. HUD said they plan to release another batch of funds targeting homelessness in the next few weeks. A 2017 study says there's an estimated 554,000 people in the United States experiencing homelessness on a given night, or 17 people out of every 10,000. USA Radio News. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm flying solo for a little while today. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Sam will be right back. But uh, can you imagine the level of trust he must have in me to be able to say, why don't you pick this up after the uh, break? But uh, let me just, uh, uh, we can go back to what Sam and I were talking about here in a minute. But um, some of you may remember, if you're as old as I am, 
uh, a play. It was a, a play by Robert Bolt. It was first performed in London back in 1960. Then it went on Broadway for over a year, became an Academy Award winning, winning 1966 film, and it was a 1988 television movie. So somewhere it might have come into your life. It's called A Man for All Seasons. It's based on a true story of Sir Thomas More. He was a 16th century chancellor of England, and he refused to endorse King Henry VIII's wish to divorce Catherine so he could marry Anne Boleyn, okay, sister of his former mistress. I mean, this guy, whoa, I guess we don't need to get into his character. But at any rate, um, he, uh, the play portrays Thomas More as a man of principle. So it is a play, and, and, but, it, but there's a lot of historical significance and I think truth in that that you can often bring out in, in one of these kinds of settings. So he had some rivals like uh, Thomas Cromwell, but he was loved by his family. And in Act 1, Scene 7, we have Thomas More rebuking William Roper for wanting to cut down the laws to get to the devil. Now, see, that's what's kind of happening in America today in a lot of ways. We're, we're, we're giving away things that we should never give away because, oh, my goodness, there's oh there's injustice in the world, and the, we've got to throw the woke people would rewrite our whole our whole country's history and everything because they, they want to pass laws that, that ultimately and finally they're destroying our liberty. They cut down the Constitution, and, and it, it's ultimately going to destroy. And, and we need to consider what's going to happen to our families and even our churches once we've cut down what remains of our constitutional protections. And, and in Act 1, Scene 7, there's, there's a little exchange between Roper and Moore, and, 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 and this is how it goes. Uh, Roper says, so now you give the devil the benefit of law. And Roper and Moore says, yes. What would you do, cut a great road through the law to get after the devil? Roper says, yes, I'd cut down every law in England to do that. And Moore says, oh, and when the last law was down... And the devil turned around on you. Where would you hide, Roper? The law is all being flat. Okay, so this is where this woke crowd is going. They're cutting great swaths of principle that were designed to vouchsafe to us and our posterity the, the blessings that we were bequeathed at such a great cost. I mean, our liberty, our religious liberty, the privilege of not just worshiping our God and taking upon us the name of Christ, but also providing for our families and being able to live those principles in our daily lives. See, these things are being taken from the, from the, uh, oh, the marketplace, if you will, the public position of uh, where we can even talk about these things. And, and you look at how it's happening, they're, they're just whittling away, whittling away, and it's a steady, constant erosion. And so there's going to be a time, and I, I mentioned just before the break, that I'm, I'm very disheartened with institutions, organizations, and, and some of them are larger, some of them are smaller, but, but some with a pretty big footprint seem to be completely ignorant, I mean, maybe that's a kind way of putting it, but, but they're willing to toss us little people under the bus in order to preserve their institutional worship, their formulaic worship, so that they can meet in their temples and chapels and synagogues and, and, and have their daily, or not daily usually, weekly meetings and, and, and worship as they choose to. But this thing about religious liberty... It's an individual God-given right. 
And if, in fact, those institutions don't wake up and start to say, oh, well, our congregants are, uh, you know, uh, if you own a business and you must bake a cake for someone if you don't believe in their uh, uh, their propensity to marry who they want to marry, if you're forced to do that, if you're forced, if you have a business that, oh, well, I would like to give my employees health care, um, but if you do, you're forced to give them an abortion providing health care. If you're forced to provide uh, gender reassignment surgery under your health care program, if as taxpayers we're forced to fund abortions or gender reassignment or whatever, folks, we're way down that path. We are way down that path. So here's what's happening in this woke society. I mean, they're taking down monuments against magnificent Americans as part of our heritage. We're taking down the the privilege of individual rights. And, and if you own a business and choosing what kind of uh, health care program, you can, we're taking the, we're deconstructing America. We're creating rights. Government is creating rights, um, which create a responsibility for others. And so religious institutions, employers, property owners, Individuals, we all get to fulfill these newly created rights. And so what's happening now is, is Americans, and, and again, uh, maybe this is not the, the ploy or, or approach that, that Sam was hoping for when, when we got on the air today, that this idea that where they're saying, oh, people are so hyperbolic on this thing that it makes us sound fanatical and weird and everything when it all doesn't happen next week. Well, folks, it is happening even as we talk even as we speak. And so um, I, I believe that, that maybe, maybe there's a way for people to not get so uh, splattering all over the walls all the time and everything that they say and do, but with an inextricable kind of weaving, they are putting our chains upon us. And, and Dr. Bradley, and I think more and gone. more Americans, I think more and more Americans are waking up to this fact due to the nature of uh, the tyrannical folks and their overreach. I think a lot of people, when I got into this business in radio over 25 years ago, you know, people just thought I was off the walls nuts. Uh, and that's kind of why I've learned to temper my statements a little bit. Oftentimes, you've got to give people milk before you can give them meat, number one. So it's, it's, it's a very tough balance. You want to educate and you want to tell all that you know. But you need to be very careful to kind of bring people along where they are, educationally speaking. But I bring this up to say that in the last five years, probably, people now are starting to realize, hey, we've got a serious problem. We can't let this continue. And what's happening as people wake up is they need a place to go. They need a place to feel like they're at home, whether it be their favorite radio personalities, uh, not from a uh, I'm important point of view, but from a, hey, these guys bring me education and information that I can actually use. Um, we need to find a home for people. We need to give them a place where they can gain uh, a solid footing on what it takes to eternally promote the sacred cause of liberty, be, to be eternally vigilant, to be steady. Okay, it's not the rabbit that wins the race, it's the tortoise, if you will. Uh, we need to not panic. We need to promote liberty every single day. We need to get a food storage so that we have food and preparedness and stuff, but it can't hope it happen overnight. Don't go get in debt 50 grand and have an awesome bug out place. You know what? Build it slowly. Work on it a little bit at a time, a little bit of here a little bit, five minutes a day, every day, day in, day out, consistently, eternally vigilant. Five minutes a day turned out to be a lot of time over a lifetime. 
And so we need to understand not to be belligerent, not to be extreme. But you're absolutely right that it's the kind of thing that it's an individual sport, so to speak. It's a family kind of an event. We need to be eternally vigilant. We've got to work at it. But I believe the, the parable of the ten virgins, what it means to be ready, really is applicable here. First off, are you going to be a part of the church? Are you going to be a follower of Christ? If you choose not to, we'll still support your liberty and bring you along the best we can based on the principles as well. We love you and we care for you and we're not ruling you out, you out by the way. Uh, but when it comes to preparing for the Savior Jesus Christ to come and preserving liberty until he does come, I believe the oil in the lamps is the key. And what is the oil in the lamps and where do we go from here? And that's the quintessential question. And I think it starts with eternal vigilance. It starts with studying. It's hard to bring others uh, along if you don't understand it yourself. And so I think the, the key is to study hard, to get on your knees and pray and turn to Christ, to find out where you fit in this matrix of liberty, love, and Americans standing for their freedoms. Everybody doesn't do what Sam Bushman does. Everybody doesn't do what Scott Bradley does, doc, the good doctor. Everyone doesn't, that everyone does have a role to play and a part they can play. Each person has their own reason, and their own reason drives their purpose and their purpose drives their uh, efforts, if you will. Uh, and each person is born here in these the last days before the Savior returns. Um, they have a place in God's plan. They have a place in preserving liberty. They have an understanding and an opportunity if they'll but learn to seize the day, if you will, if they'll learn to, to work at it. And so I, I think we avoid the hypersensitive nature of this and we avoid the extremism and the, the panic and everything else by common sense education. You know what? Here a little, there a little, a little bit at a time. Work at it. You know what? If, you've, if, you've, if your life is not in harmony with Jesus Christ and you know it should be, then start to have faith to repentance. Work on that a little bit. If you don't have food storage, start to get a can or two every time you go shopping of extra food. Uh, learn how to prepare. Learn how to use it. You know what? Get some camping gear should you be forced to leave your home. Get a 72-hour kit. Work on this thing. You know what? Steady, slowly. Work on it a little the oil was gathered by the wise virgins a drop at a time. That's how we, too, may go about our solutions. And hopefully we can advocate for these things eternally vigilant, if you will, on your radio. How many times do I have to tell you? I swear, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Don't you understand English? Your children are probably too polite to tell you. Hello? Those things on the side of your head aren't turnips? But they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you. Do I need to speak slower? In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen. Tell me what she did at work today. Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit down here and tell me all about it. When you really listen, love is what they'll hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. 
I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, to preserve the nation is Collegiate Series, found at freedomsrisingsun.com. He has weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, topics of the day, and a whole lot more, over a thousand videos at freedomsrisingsun.com. Become a member today, incredible educational opportunities. So that's kind of my main point, Dr. Bradley, is that I think we need to use the 10 versions parable. It's kind of our guide. We need to say, hey, where in our lives do we need to work on it? Where do we need to store a drop of oil at a time? Uh, whether it be food storage, whether it be, you know, repenting in our own lives, whether it be working with our families, preparedness, uh, understanding the principles of liberty, education, if you will. All these little things kind of add up, and you don't need a ton of time every day. What you need is consistency, eternal vigilance. Uh, but I believe the Ten Virgins um, parable is very instructive to the point we're making here, sir. Well, I agree completely, and the idea of gaining a drop of oil here and a drop of oil there is absolutely uh, a component of this. None of us were and are perfect, in, in, and we're hopefully progressing along a path that will make us more in, in conformance with God's whole plan for us. Uh, but uh, And so, yes, we do have to make this preparedness effort. But let me do another couple of little analogies here that, that shows a crossover point at some time. And I want to avoid an abrupt break point uh, with, with what is happening with our liberty. But, but you'll note in the parable of the ten virgins, the time comes when you're either in or you're out, where you cross over and you go into the, into the you know, uh, marriage festivals, and, or else you're left outside in the dark. Okay, and and I'll do another thing that's even more. And if if I don't know as I can convey this verbally, but if you ever come to the point where you absolutely unequivocally need, demand, require a firearm to protect your life, it is the most intense moment of your life. That that nanosecond, those those split seconds that will determine whether you live or die, or your or your your loved one lives or dies will be an intensely emotional experience. And, and you know, you get in a gunfight, uh, most of them are within three feet, and they're over in three rounds in less than three seconds. And there's no, there's no going back. And, and what I'm saying, though, if you are not prepared with what you need to do, you come to that break point. And, again, people that, that are prepared – whether it's in a religious, uh, spiritual way, or where you have food storage and a, and a place of safety for your family, or, or you're actually armed in a confrontation that happens in a grocery store when you have some maniac that is shooting down innocent people, it is a very, there, there comes a point where it becomes, there's no crossover any other way, you've got to go across that bridge, okay? And, and I think that if we as a people 
continually prepare spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and in all the ways. And then you talk about putting oil away a drop at a time. You talk about getting some things ready in your food store, in your camping gear, and, and your spiritual preparedness is, it can't be it can't be set aside. But I think if enough of us are doing that, that crossover point may never occur. It's like the bad guys may never feel like they're empowered to take over. And now you know it in these shooting experiences. They always do them in free fire zones where there's, they're gun-free, where they're, nobody's going to shoot back. If they get you to a point where you're completely vulnerable, then's when the bricks fall off the back of the truck and land on you. And, and so what I'm saying is, is, yes, let's prepare. Let's do this. We cannot do anything but be vigilant. And, yeah, we can't be hunkered down and bunkered up, which Americans have become rather adept at by being fearful all the time about some Nazi germy that's going to uh, somehow pounce on you when you walk out of your house or your, your rid of habeas corpus has, has never been exercised on you because you're so fearful. These kinds of things are preparatory to them actually, the, the people that want to destroy America, our, our land of free and home of the brave, our privilege of worshiping God, our privilege of providing for our families, our privilege of being able to lift and bless our fellow man, those things, I believe, that they're constraining more and more and more. And so we need a critical mass of people that care enough to be able to, to say no, no. This will not happen in my let's watch. Be, let's be clear, too, Doctor. Those who want a tyrannical future, those who uh, want to destroy liberty on the altar of them being in control or lording over us or whatever whatever element that, that drives them in this cause or in this battle between right and wrong, good and evil, and agency being at the center of that battle. Um, the interesting thing about that, in my mind, Dr. Bradley, is this. You know, they've been trying to destroy the world or control the world first. Ever since the world began, since Cain killed Abel is the term I like to use. And they've never got it yet. You know what? And they're not going to get it either. They might push us through tough times. It might not be pleasant along the way based on choices the populations make through history. We've seen that. But at the same time, be very clear, they have never got their goal. And under my watch, they never will. A caller jumped on the line. Trevor, Washington, you're on the radio, sir. Hey, thank you, Dr. Bradley and uh, Sam, for letting me jump on here. Uh, just wanted to touch on what you guys are talking about. I think it's right on target, and I will be fasting with you uh, this weekend, and hopefully everybody else will. You know, we need to fast and pray like everything depends on our Heavenly Father and then get out there and get to work and lift where we stand. Um, I'm over here in Washington State, like I said, and it's – you know, the people here are, and they they are struggling as far as, you know, the rights, because we've got a pretty bad governor and everything like that. I mean, so we are, uh, I, I'm just trying to simplify it, and it is, you know, the Christians out there against uh, the Satan worshipers is how I look at it. And uh, we need to start calling it like it is. And they've been kidnapping our kids, uh, daughters at college, raping them, uh, you know, sex trafficking, all this kind of stuff. They're killing us out there, killing our soldiers. You don't hear about it. You're not going to hear about it. We had a drive-by shooting where I live over here. That's not in the news. They're covering it up. They want everybody to think it's all good. 
But yeah, those Satan worshipers are out there worshiping Satan and killing people, kidnapping people right now in America. They are in the government, and we need to fight against them. And uh, we need to join the Christian churches together. We need to stop fighting over the money, and we've got to come together in unity as Christians so that we can communicate just like we were strong with President Trump. We had a leader. We have to have a leader as Christians. The Satan worshipers have a leader. They all all over the country, they're listening to the same guy. We need to do the same as Christians. We need to be unified. We've got to be able to be strong together. Just wanted to say that and say God bless to both you brothers. And I support you 100% and the CSPOA too. Thank you so much, Sheriff. Kurt. Appreciate the call, soul. sir. Amen. His point is well taken, Dr. Bradley, and I wanted to have him finish and jump off, and then we'll, we, I wanted to give you a chance to respond. Doctor? Well, you know, it's he, so much in what he's just said that we could, you know, really expound on. Uh, let me just take one little aspect of it. The, the listening, we got to have a leader, and and uh, they say they've, and he says they've got one, and they do, and and I believe it ultimately ends up in the satanic realms. And but we have a leader, and and I tell people, don't follow me. I just want to be a, a disciple, a follower of Christ. And and if we're all following him as our leader, if we're all listening to his his great encouraging and and. Uh, ennobling an uplifting message and we 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 need to recognize that that we're all in this together and if we can all be on his side you know uh, you know all enlisted and and truly there there is a a diabolical plan i mean the, the, throughout history great thinkers have known it's the nature and disposition of almost all men to get authority and begin to abuse it. Daniel Defoe said all men would be tyrants if they could. That was back in 1701. Uh, Lord Acton said uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, and why is it that we see this at such a magnitude today? It's because power is, is kind of gathered in government. And so those that seek for power know that they can, if they can obtain the reins of government, and uh, they'll exercise them improperly, that they can exercise almost unlimited power. Well, unlimited in the sense, in a mortal sense. Obviously, God has all the power. But that's why guys like Hitler and Stalin and Mao and FDR and whoever, you name who you want, that, that seek the reins of government because then they have taken a consolidated power. I, I tell people often, World War II, was simply a gang war. It was a gang war that the the gangs had obtained the leadership positions and the power of government to the point that they could exercise destructive forces beyond what we can imagine in our world. And that's what's happening now. That's why government is such a plum for these people that seek for power. And so what we need to do, we need to rally together, we the people, that's where America's power really is. Well, okay, the ultimate power is with God. But if we're aligned with God and we the people are appropriately using the tools that God gave us through the United States Constitution and all of the limits and bounds and everything else like that, we can maintain these blessings of liberty. But we must be eternal, eternally vigilant. We cannot, we cannot become complacent or complicit 
And and I think that some of the things that these articles you brought up at the very beginning uh, are saying the church, regardless of what church it is, if the leadership of the church is is dallying with the devil, it, it's a sad thing, and we've got to help people understand that. I know we're just about out of time, Sam. Let me just again point people towards freedomsrisingsun.com. It's the, there's on the front of the homepage, I guess they call that, in a website. I'm not technologically a wizard. But on the homepage, there's a video that you can click on that says to join us for fasting and prayer. I hope, I pray, I implore that, that a vast concourse, the faithful Americans, will join us as we fast and pray this April 11th. Uh, begin the fast on, on Saturday evening on the 10th and uh, continue through the day. Bend your knees often, implore God, supplicate, uh, and uh, and I'd love to hear back. I'd love to hear back people's experience, uh, the way their family felt. Uh, you know, if tears were shed, if there's if there's a renewal of, of the Spirit in your home, I mean, whatever it takes. And, and I would love to hear what kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, feeling of peace or or hopefulness or, or even even becoming motivated to do more. I mean, so feedback, I think it'd be cool. Maybe someday we'll be able to get that and love to hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not agree more if I tried with Trevor from Washington and the good Dr. Scott Bradley when it comes to the prescriptions to restore this great republic. Return to the principles that made America great. That is the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. That should be the political religion of our nation. And then on an individual and a family basis, turn to God, family, and country. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the prescription. The Ten Virgins provides great guidance on what we need to be doing to collect oil a drop at a time. It takes work. It takes prayer. But between the two, ladies and gentlemen, they've sought for tyranny for over 6,000 years, and they've never got it yet, and they're not going to get it on our watch. Let's be very clear and dedicated. We the people can restore America. Will you help us? God save the Republic of the United States of America.